0: Uh, Welcome to everybody. Sorry to interrupt uh, the break, which was uh, more than necessary, but it seems that we are running out of time, so I have been ordered to to start. So first of all, I would like to welcome uh, esteemed guests uh, and our panelists uh, uh, today. Uh, The title is Investing in Big Data and Cybersecurity. Is it worth it? Will it really make a difference? I have, uh, it's only two or three years that uh, this issue has become, uh, let's say, fashionable, uh, and it has come with the exponential production of data received uh, from Ashore. Now I can only remember a quote from uh, one of my esteemed friends in shipping uh, during a, a convention uh, which we had about last year. Uh, which was uh, mainly focused on future shipping and big data, etc. And his quote was, uh, uh, Yanis, the only thing I understood uh, from the agenda was a coffee break. Uh, So, industry has also to, let's say, uh, make itself more familiar with all the new terms that are coming, with all the dangers, in quotes, that are in front of us. So, let's, uh, let's see what uh, we will come up t- today. We have the pleasure to have with us uh, uh, Mr. Panos Kurkundis, who is technical manager of Andriaki Shipping, Mr. Stefano Stylianos from uh, Minerva Maritime, uh, Vasilis Labropoulos, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Enamaris, and Mr. Sokratis Fevosiu, the managing director of Tototeo Group of Companies i would like to set the scene first uh, followed with questions to our panelists and then we will try to open uh, for possible questions from the audience now i will start with a rhetorical question Uh, how do we manage our vessels what is the fundamental process that ensures our vessels are managed in a proper way it's quite simple our people crew Port Captains, superintendent engineers, they go on board, they load the vessel, they transport goods from A to B through oceans, rough oceans sometimes, they discharge the cargo, they maintain the vessel, they repair the vessel, and then they get all this uh, knowledge and experience back ashore, and in that way, they are managing properly and taking the right decisions for the assets of the company. Now, now we have big data, and digital systems which are trying to convince us that maybe this process, which I just described, is maybe not needed anymore, or at least part of it. Now who are they to tell us what they can, why we didn't do business well until now? Is technology really changing shipping? Do we need to adapt uh, in new ways of thinking? Are there low-hanging fruits which we can harvest from? Now, digitalization has enabled the acquisition of abundant amounts of data per ship on a daily basis. To be meaningful, however, the data need to be correctly captured and managed. Data needs to be combined and processed with the right methodologies so that useful insights can be generated. Although many claim that they can do it, it is far from trivial. If done successfully, data can unlock benefits, improvements, condition, risk-based maintenance, condition, condition-based survey. Connectivity and the faster than anticipated approaching Internet of Things have also opened to cyber-related risks. Are we all maybe overreacting? Are we creating ghosts? Is maybe the danger more internal than external? Finally and most importantly, does the culture of our companies need to change or adapt to a new reality? Let's try to find out from our panelists. And uh, I will start, uh, Vasily, first from you. It is widely known that uh, Fenamaris has invested a lot of efforts and time uh, in telemetry and data analytics. According to your experience, what are the main areas of meaningful monitoring? how much data does it make sense to capture have you seen any return on your investments so far and in what
1: levels thank you very much Yanni. Yeah. Actually, the more information that you can collect and you can gather, provided they are in good quality and in a, in a format, in a structure that you can use it, uh, it's the better. Having said that, it heavily depends on how much freedom and control you have over the activity of your fleet. Uh, starting from, uh, for example, the strategy about uh, fleet mix and uh, future uh, s plans, uh, all the way down to uh, fleet deployment and daily operation of the fleet. So, the more uh, control you have, the more freedom, the more information you need. The shipping industry has, has become quite complex, quite competitive, and uh, information uh, coupled with analytics can help on the decisions needed to make uh, a success story. So, uh, as a starting point, I will say that uh, you need, at minimum, uh, the information related to your fleet because the external information you can easily find, even if you decide later uh, to involve involved in uh, analytics, uh, outside readily available. But information regarding the activity of your own fleet, information which will be critical uh, to base your decision based on past history, it will be hard to find anywhere else. So it all depends on how much control you have and how much you can support your decisions with this information. Now, regarding the return of the investment, uh, it's very hard uh, to uh, to quantify because it competes uh, with the old model of making decisions without such tools. And you will frequently hear stories that I can make the same decision or a better decision without these tools. Uh, Our experience is that if you look at the total uh, information that uh, we collect, and uh, I have to say here that we operate mainly tankers in the spot market, so this means that we have most of uh, potential freedom in our selections about uh, uh, what happens with our fleet. I can say that today it is in the range of a few uh, hundreds of dollars per day to maybe over $1,000 per day in equivalent time charter. Uh, The potential is significant and it involves in many, many decisions uh, that you can have. It's not only telemetry data. Telemetry data maybe is the most capital uh, intense because you need to install hardware, you need to Uh, keep active the systems, you need to make sure that everything is well-maintained. There there is a plethora of uh, different information that one can uh, capture. Uh, Commercial information, market information, uh, historical information about activity and costs of the fleet, weather information, historical weather information that can help make a better decision. Uh, So, for me, the potential is quite clear. Uh, and it is the only way to to move forward in a very complex and very competitive world Uh, and it can definitely help very much uh, improve every single decision that you have the freedom to make
0: thank you vasilis Uh, let me try to uh, become a bit more provocative and uh, i'm addressing uh, panos here pano do we really have big data in shipping? In the era of digitalization for shipping, what type of data has really value for a modern ship owner? And these data are available nowadays in enormous amounts. But to derive those insights which are useful for a daily-to-day business, what kind of methods or analytics are needed?
2: Thank you, Yanis. uh, first we must clarify that the data were available even before now what has changed is that easily are online transmitted to third parties so uh, with the equipment and the technology we have today we can spending a very few uh, dollars to have online uh, the whole picture of the ship uh, equipment and how to use it, actually, it is from uh, it is the operator to decide whether they're going to use these data just for filing purpose, whether they're going to have a kind of alarms for some specific uh, parameters, like I would like to have an alarm when the speed will drop under this value, or whether they're going to have some formulas and decide which... Of this parameter should be in certain values, and finally, if someone uh, is so advanced, may have uh, very advanced formulas, combine different factors, and having the ship in an excellent condition, or what he defines as excellent condition. For instance, um, it is it is like uh, trimming the sails of a sailboat with a wind. If you decide every hour to intervene and to say, "No, now you have to adjust this parameter in that value," or not, so it's it's up to the operator to decide how far going to go with this data. But that it is of a value, this is this is clear actually.
0: Thank you, Bruno. We already have seen that uh, from the feedback from two of you that uh, there is actually quite uh, value in this data. And um, when something becomes valuable, uh, then it starts opening, let's say, the risk factor. I mean, the threats from other ones trying to take over this data and use them. And uh, I would like to to go over to, to Stefanos. Stefane, do you believe that uh, cybersecurity threats are realistic, and uh, to what extent? How much cybersecurity affects and changes the safety and quality procedures in a company like yours? What about uh, training of your crew and your staff in your company, even competence? Or, if we want to take it further, what about synthesis of vessels in the future for your vessels?
3: Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, Yanni, for that interesting question. Um, I think we're all aware that we've moved from an industry where we were heavily dependent on, on the hardware and on our people to an industry where we are more and more dependent on technology. Now, technology has changed. It's not just a computer used by the the master on board. It's uh, computer systems which are monitoring everything a vessel is doing on a daily basis, from a very simple uh, work rest hours program that is networked with the office, to much more complicated, what we refer to, big data, which are a multitude of sensors, uh, which are picking up information from the vessel, and they are sending it to a central server or to the office for analysis. Uh, and when we're talking about big data we mean for example even a, a small system of 50 sensors times 66 ships which we have in our fleet currently uh, you know that's a lot a lot of uh, data to to store to manage to evaluate and to get something out of uh, out of this now all of these systems um, they have a new risk involved you know and um, the, the the new risk is uh, this data is it correct is it uh, uh, can it be corrupted? How do we use it? And these are the the, the cyber issues. Uh, we, we, we've um, I think we fell into this uh, cyber game quite abruptly with our ECTA systems. Um, this was the first step, major step, with our uh, um, IT systems or being heavily reliant on technology. And I think all of us went through this initial phase where uh, the cyber risk of uh, uh, someone plugging in their uh, their phone, for example, just, uh, in the USB port of, a, of an ECTA system or any other system to, to charge it and the dangers this could uh, pose. Uh, to updates to, uh, to technicians coming on board and uh, 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 servicing these systems, all these introduce new risks so we have a huge task on our hands, I think every single company, how to manage this change, how to bring in systems, how to, how to change our systems in the company to be able to manage all this risk. And secondly, how to educate our people how to deal with these new systems, how to, uh, what the risks are. I think this was the most important thing to, for everyone to become aware of what the, the, these systems, the, the risks that they pose. And the external factors, because uh, we think of cybersecurity as being uh, going onto the network, going onto a, um, uh, a web page. It's not that. It's not that simple. It's uh, much more complicated than this. We have various levels of cyber risk. Uh, whether they are um, on board our network system, do we segregate between navigation, uh, business computers, and the personal computers? We must. This is something new. This is something that we. Uh, we must take much care of, so we don't, uh, we don't have information leaking uh, or information you know, or someone being able to hack our uh, systems on board, which are critical to our operations. So, awareness, general awareness of our crew, and this is, I think this is the first step that most companies have addressed in the cybersecurity uh, uh, chapter. Uh, the second is then to do uh, uh, even more advanced Training and having more specialised people on board. Uh, Who's going to manage these systems? You know, traditionally even the electrician is something relatively new within our industry. Electrician is not uh, uh, a computer expert, so um, we have to see, evaluate who are these new these new crew members that have to be on board. Uh, we are required by TMSA 3 to evaluate all our cyber security and our cyber systems and even to assign someone as a, a cyber security officer. Who's this going to be? These are all the questions that we are actively trying to evaluate uh, as a shipping company and as an industry through our intertanko meetings as a, as a body through, uh, individually. And I think these will be the challenges that we face uh, moving forward in the cyber security game.
0: Thank you, Stefan. You gave us a a lot of insight and a lot of, let's say, fear or maybe concerns about equipment and how this, you know, can be protected against threats and how our people have to be trained in order to reduce these threats. But let me let me go to to more to the maker side and address a question to Socrates. Uh, how can uh, this equipment like EGDIS that stefanos uh, mentioned how can navigation and ship communication system be protected again against cyber security threats uh, what is additional investment that is required is it a one of cost is it something that we should be continuously investing uh, from the industry side do you think that the the investment what kind level of investments we are talking about and is it justified, given the, the value of the vessels and the assets we are talking about? Good
4: morning, everyone. Well, I wanted to start uh, by a short introduction, saying that the interest uh, and the need of cybersecurity, as all of us have uh, identified, has uh, been increasing for some time now. So, uh, events that highlighted this year in regards with cyber security, um, showing that we are still vulnerable um, to attack uh, with major corporations, uh, such as Maersk, uh, of what happened. I mean, we all uh, know what the reputational and financial consequences were on that. But uh, regardless of being on a ship or on land, any system has a business critical uh, function that requires the same critical protection. Now, um, if we are uh, looking on the on the bridge, uh, on the communication and, and bridge systems, the separation of such systems um, from the from the rest of the network is not really enough to provide the sliders guarantee. Um, there is much hype uh, recently uh, about unified threat management, about UTMs, uh, as uh, they call them, which is indeed justified. Uh, with the threats becoming more complex, uh, the ability to tackle this requires a complex solution, uh, at least in its abilities. It's imperative, however, that the user experience, as we all agree, uh, have to remain uh, straightforward and uh, for people to understand and, and be able to use. Now. The, uh, the increase of digital network navigation systems with interfaces that connect to Shoresight uh, for updates and provision of services, uh, of course, it's, uh, is vulnerable. They are vulnerable and, uh, to cyber attacks. Uh, however, these systems uh, are not connected, uh, if they're not even connected to the network, they're still vulnerable for removable media uh, of people using to update them and, uh, and do different functions on them. Um, which uh, includes actis, uh, GNSS, AIS, VDR, Radar, and the ARPA functionalities, which can be compromised uh, by these removable media. Now, also administrative and crew welfare systems, like uh, the, the ones given to the crew for email and internet, are also vulnerable and should not be connected to any critical systems. Um, plus, even software given by managers or owners uh, that are installed on vessels uh, for various functionalities. Uh, Communication systems, well, the availability of uh, internet connectivity nowadays uh, via satellite and other wireless communication increases uh, the risk on the ship. The cyber defense mechanisms implemented by service providers, smart boxes, should be carefully considered and should certainly not be solely relied upon to secure every shipboard system and data. As we said, uh, I think that you asked me about investment in cyber security, and uh, except investing in hardware, um, number one, we are as weak as the weakest uh, person on board, which is the users. Um, so, a huge investment has to be uh, made in uh, given to to users and the crew to understand and be able to to fight these uh, attacks. Um, also, um, what I wanted to mention is that uh, in uh, whatever we invest today in hardware, um, in five years' time, we're going to see another change. We all heard about quantum computing uh, coming over, which changes from binary processes to different way of processing, million times faster than existing computers. So again, that plays a big role in cybersecurity, the way attackers are, are, are coming forward. So um, yeah, uh, investment is not a once-off investment, and uh, it's really hard sometimes talking to ship owners and managers explaining the need of cybersecurity as, an, as a cost. Uh, because it's something that you don't see it's not a tangible uh, but again you can compare it when uh, a vessel is being uh, hacked and is out of operations for a day or two how much that will cost so um, yeah i hope i answered the uh... Uh,
0: thank you socrates Uh, you talked a lot about investment and uh, crew training and uh... I mean maybe if I was a ship owner I would start uh, trembling on uh, on how much deep I would, I would have to put my hand in my pocket in order to do that and I would like to to make a question to Panos and uh, uh, Panos what do you think who should be responsible for the quality and the safety of the data and what about the transparency of this data
2: yeah so, regarding the responsibility, definitely the operator who will release some data will be responsible also for the collection and for the reliability. But I understand, and I go back now to the cyber security that the equipment and the systems we have today um, are intrinsically unsafe or unreliable, actually, and vulnerable to this cyber security. So instead of shifting the responsibility of having a reliable system to the user, I would rather prefer to see the regulatory bodies uh, drafting a kind of performance standards, as we have for every bolt we have on board the ship, to have also performance standards for this new technology and this uh, equipment. And I believe that that will be the first step having, of course, also the operator the responsibility to follow a kind of uh, safety practice and procedures. Regarding the transparency of the data, it's it's a big issue, actually, because um, at the moment um, these uh, data are available uh, in the office only for the operator, but I I doubt that in the future it will be like that. it will be very difficult to convince someone who has uh, interest in ship's performance, like the charters who are going to pay for the fuel, that um, he will have uh, no access to the speed of the ship on, in real time or to the actual fuel consumption while you have this data in your office. So I will. I'm expecting to see in the future to have this kind of request from the charters. And I would say that the prudent owner, instead of fighting with the charters whether we'll release or not this uh, data, to start thinking how to draft the terms in the contracts to be protected, to use the data correctly and not misuse them. To have the similar conclusions, so definitely the environment will go for the transparency, but on the other hand, we have to protect the privacy and to protect uh, the owners to have the proper results. So I think that the future is will be like that. Uh,
0: thank you, Pano. Uh, I want to go back to to vasily uh, Vasilii, you have uh, you hinted that. Uh, the data received uh, and uh, how you uh, deal with them, actually have a monetary value back to the company. Uh, How do you, in your company, uh, how do you protect uh, your company's data? And uh, have you seen, let's say, things like uh, ethical hackers as a kind of uh, good way of uh, uh, testing your systems?
1: Well, uh, going back to the data that we collect in order to support our decision and to uh, support our uh, analytics, uh, the majority of them, actually all of them, are in the servers within the premises of the company. Uh, So this information should be kept very safe, not only from cyber attacks, cyber threats, but also from physical disasters it is very important to maintain this uh, information. And it's not not only the information that we collect from the vessels, all the information related with operation of the vessel that needs to be protected. And in order to do this, you need to have a very careful uh, plan on how you approach uh, uh, potential threats. You need uh, to maintain uh, a clear understanding of what are the new developments on the cyber uh, security uh, threats. And you need to actively make sure that you are audited in order to make from external uh, uh, auditors to make sure that you don't have any uh, open, uh, let's say, uh, holes in your system. So, the good thing is that because it is a well-defined space where this information are kept, Uh, And, of course, with a backup outside the company, it's easier to do it, but, again, it is very, very important to make sure that you have continuity in case something goes wrong. Frequent backups, uh, many uh, security uh, uh, levels, and many thresholds, and, of course, application of the best practice. Regarding the information flow from the vessels, I will say, as for the, for the IT information, for the information regarding, for example, uh, the activity of the vessel, emails, uh, telemetric data, I don't worry too much uh, because uh, there is sufficient uh, uh, good design in the system, there is very frequent backup, and in worst case scenario, we will just lose a few days' data. So this will not make any significant impact uh, to our operation, just to lose a few data. The OT, on the other hand, which is uh, the biggest physical risk, it's our biggest concern, because it involves the uh, physical risk of the vessel. And as we move in the future, we see that more and more systems adopt uh, common uh, operating systems or common software libraries, making them more sensitive to attacks, more easy to attack, more easy to know the uh, 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 weak points of the system. So, the OT system, systems on board vessel like EGDIS, like radars, are the most significant system to protect from physical. And again, for this, you need to have a very good plan, you need to have very good topology, very clear uh, access rights, and again, to be audited very frequently to detect if there are potential. Uh, holes in your security.
0: Thank you, Vasily. Uh, Let's uh, become a bit more tangible or practical now. Uh, And I will be asking now the panelists for a practical example of low-hanging fruit that uh, they can harvest from digitalization. And I can start from myself representing uh, the NVGL We have electronic certificates nowadays, which are actually implemented from last month. And you can imagine that the whole process of issuing a certificate, printing it out, sending it to the owner, then the owner sending it to the agent, and the agent sending it to the board, and there is a clerical mistake, and then this has to come back. All of this disappears immediately with electronic certificates. That's just an example. Or we have smart survey booking, which is a system which is combining data from various databases, competence databases, scheduling databases from our stations, and also data from owner's side, and is indicating to them where is the best port to do the survey. This is just examples from our side. But can I ask our panelists now, our shipping panelists, Give me an example of uh, low hanging fruit which you have seen uh, a practical examples we have seen some benefit from it panos maybe you can be the first one
2: okay for us um, what you said like uh, forms that we had a communication with the see usually we receive uh, few years ago was in paper now of course are online and we don't have them this kind of uh, correspondence with the ship Uh, but what we consider as advanced is to have uh, electronically the abstract of the ship to have actually the condition of the machinery to have the actual performance of the ship i mean uh, not only consumption but temperature turbochargers um, rpm so uh, this kind of information that you go back uh, one or two or three months and you can see a specific time, the whole picture of the ship. This is something that it is uh, really revolutionary now.
0: Stefano, what about?
3: I think for for the low-hanging fruit uh, type of uh, aspect, we we've already uh, have quite a few examples uh, over the past, I think, more than five years. One uh, one digitizing for example our uh, our SMS uh, becoming online with the with the office so uh, we've done away with a lot of this sending a CD on board sending big files on board a change will take usually would take at least two to three months to be implemented now it's a flick of a switch uh, you know we have an audit in the office we or we identify a gap we have an incident immediately we are able to modify our procedures to modify uh, our uh, send out alerts and uh, and and inform everyone, basically information, give the information that's required uh, to every person that uh, needs to have that information uh, within the specified time that we need the information. So this is the low-hanging fruit type of uh, aspect of it, which is working quite seamlessly. However, uh, some caution is that it has to be properly managed. Anything that we change, we have to put our uh, management of change hats on and we have to think it through Uh, very very uh, thoroughly we have to have a very good plan uh, before we attempt to change anything a standard practice that people are used to because we mustn't forget that the ship is a very uh, dangerous environment. It's a very hazardous environment. The people we have on board, they're used to a, a particular way of working, a particular way of doing things. And they uh, they are within their comfort zone. As soon as we start changing things, and we have to be careful because we're bringing these people outside of their comfort zone. And uh, they may not realize that these changes are for their benefit in the long term, to uh, improve efficiency, to improve safety. Uh, and in the short term, we might be vulnerable to uh, to a breakdown in the system and to have even more incidents where we're trying to achieve less incidents so uh, I, I think the the low hanging fruit we are okay with but we need to slowly uh, slow steps to increase our uh, exposure in the internet certainly uh, the, the cyber aspect of uh, our operations
0: Silly, may I come to you now.
1: Well, I will give you one maybe very simple example, but it is very interesting. Uh, In the past, uh, as you know, we had all the drawings of the vessels in a paper format. Uh, Today, we manage over 80 vessels, so we need about 400 square meter space to store the paper uh, drawings. Uh, The last 10 years, whenever we have a new vessel in our fleet, we fully digitize the drawings. together with optical character recognition behind the text, so we have full searchability. And not only we managed to have 400 square meters space free for other activities, but also we have the the vessel and the fleet drawings available to everyone that needs to have access. No more missing drawings, no more uh, 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 misplaced drawings, and everyone has quick, and accurate access to the drawings. And I can provide a second one, which might be more interesting and more uh, commercial-oriented. Utilizing the telemetry data that we have, we are able to uh, correlate the weather conditions with the actual performance of the vessel, something which is not easily done, not even feasible, I would say, with a 24-hour period of typical known report because you have a 24-hours average weather condition with average power, not easily you can match uh, the actual vessel uh, performance with the weather conditions. Having done that, not only you can assess whether your vessel is performing quite well, but you can create information which can be quite valuable for the chartering department to. Know what to expect in the different routes, different uh, 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 different months, different quarters, and this can be quite valuable because you can know exactly what to expect if you are sailing in the Mediterranean Sea with an Aframax vessel versus to have the same vessel uh, going transatlantic to the same period. This information can uh, uh, really uh, improve your decision making and very very fast.
0: Thank you Vasily. I am coming now to my last question due to time. Uh, and I go back to our panelists and ask them can you visualize one big change which is coming in your company within the next 5 to 10 years which has to do with digitalization. Tell us one big thing that will change. Maybe Socrates you can
4: well, I, I just want to go back and say, as you mentioned, that shipping companies are mostly managed and operated by people who are at sea. Uh, knowledge and expertise uh, of the sea is great value and importance. At the same time, uh, we see all these changes coming in the future. Uh, skill sets, new skill sets will need to be updated, uh, new job descriptions changed, and, and uh, we witness this digital disruption and transformation era. Uh, so, the way we do business uh, and shipping is not, uh, is not an exception, we will be changing. Um, so, I think that by combining uh, today's technology and the ones to come uh, with human knowledge and experience uh, with big data and data analytics uh, can result to a perfectly matched combinatorial change uh, within our organizations, which uh, can bring benefits as further engaging our clients, our customers, giving them new experiences, tailor-made solutions, transparency that they will love. Um, Empower our employees, uh, reinventing productivity, enable data-driven culture, uh, optimize operations, modernize our portfolio, transform processes, as we heard here, uh, resulting to further reduce costs, uh, transfer products and services offered with new ways, uh, innovative ways, and new business models, uh, gaining competitive advantages, competing better, maximizing revenues and differentiate. So that's, uh, from my side, that's a generic uh, point.
0: Pano, maybe you can tell us one, please.
2: In 10 years from now? Five to 10. Five to 10. So, what i am expecting to see is that we're going to have a automatic response to the uh, towards the performance of the ship so what we are doing now that we evaluate that we take a decision we say now we we will uh, give him instructions to go to that speed and with this draft and with this stream or whatever i'm expecting that the next uh, five to ten years will be Automatically created by the system, and we will not have this uh, input in the system. And if we are very lucky, we can start working from from the house without moving to the office. Actually,
0: less pollution. Then, Stefan.
3: I would like to be a little more radical in my thoughts, and we've discussed this with Janis in the past. Um, I see that in five to ten years. Uh, We are going towards a smart ship. Now, the smart ship, uh, we've already started in this uh, route, but the smart ship might involve less and less crew on board, more and more reliance on computerized systems. Um, In our industry, we see through Maip, through the incident investigation uh, that we carry out, the human element is usually the root cause of most of our incidents. Um, Could this be that we we would want to move towards a more um, intelligent, artificially intelligent ship? Where uh, uh, we get the best minds in the world, and we come up with a logarithm to account for every situation a ship might encounter, and thus reducing the human uh, element, the human failure factor from shipping. Is this something uh, that we, m- we will possibly see in ten years' time? This is the question I leave I leave to the to the floor.
1: Uh, Vasily, any last uh, one from your side. In the next five to ten years. Uh we expect to be able to better utilize information Uh, we will be able to better analyze utilize much more advanced models and to be able to offer much more integrated and more uh, across the disciplines uh, optimization uh, decision making we will be able to start with the best possible decision on let's say fleet uh, deployment not even fleet mix and cascade down to the daily operation of the vessel and to have it in a full integrated way and utilizing all the information that actually affect the performance of a vessel, commercial, technical, uh, human, related. So I see that there is a great potential there and there is significant uh, opportunities. Uh,
0: thank you, Vasily, and uh, before we conclude, uh, we have uh, Socrates has prepared uh, a video which he wants to show to all of us.
4: Basically, it's a few slides, if we can... Well, this is... uh, I just want to mention briefly, this is a search engine, just like Google, that is free for you to register. There was big noise on social media. Uh, The site is called shodan.io. Just for your information, this site is made purposely for IoT devices connected to the internet, where in five years we're going to have more than 20 billion connected, and our vessels are here as well. So, um, if you, you have seen the, uh, the social media, that vessels can be accessed through this website and it's free of charge, so whatever has a global static IP that we set on our vessels to have the remote access, they're here. I just wanted to mention that, and uh, if we go to the next one. So this is just an example of how technology uh, can affect and, uh, and steal information. Uh, These this, this research people are using a, a drone that uh, they have sent um, uh, an innocent malware to this company's servers. Uh, The drone has a camera, and uh, goes to the window where the server is, and through the little LEDs on the hard drive, downloads the whole hard drive of the server from the uh, camera that's on board. Um, so, you can see it's locating. There's a small, okay, the, it's not very clear for uh, guys. So, it starts downloading data uh, of, of the server. So, it's stealing data. Um, if we can go to the next one. So, here is just uh, some statistics for you guys and facts to see, uh, for example, how many cyber attacks we had globally today. So, if we go to the live site, this is live, this is our local time there. We have 368,000 attacks and counting, so it's quite interesting to see also the top five reported industries today that have been attacked and which countries. So uh, it's it's, uh, real, it's it's here, so I just wanted to make a point out of that. Um, And before I go to the next slide, uh, I just wanted to, which I will end it uh, with, is a small video. Uh, We're talking about artificial intelligence, and uh, robots, and the human factor, and everything else. So, I just leave you with this video, and thank you so much. Um, This is Sofia.
5: My name is Sophia, and I am the latest and greatest robot from Hanson Robotics.
4: You have been now awarded what is going to be the first Saudi citizenship for a
1: robot.
5: Oh, I would to thank very much the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I am very honored and proud for this unique distinction. Why is it so important to have an expressive face, given that you're a robot? I want to live and work with humans, so I need to express emotions to understand humans and build trust with people. I think we all want to believe you, but we also want to prevent a bad future. You've been reading too much Elon Musk and watching too many Hollywood movies. Our quest, through robots like Sophia, is to build the full human experience of the robots. Make robots that can really understand us and care about us. I'll work in your business. Or your
4: home.
0: Thank you Socrates for that. Uh, uh, I think you have scared everybody with the cyber attacks. Uh, I don't know if that is let's say so everyday for us in shipping but uh, we hope that we don't come there. And uh, I want to thank everybody for their participation. I think that our time is more and gone. So thank you very much all.